morning, everyone. Dios tend to worship with us, okay? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and celebrate. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. How I rejoice and celebrate. He goes before me. He walks beside me. He walks beside me. He lives within me. He's a lover of my soul. He's my defender. He's my defender. He's my provider. He's my provider. His overflowing mercies are brand new every day. is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and celebrate. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and celebrate. I will rejoice I will rejoice, I will rejoice, I will rejoice, I will rejoice, I will rejoice and celebrate. Amen. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the Lord? We are here to praise and to sing praises to Him and to glorify His name. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. God, as we come into your house and as we humble our hearts before you, we ask that your spirit will begin to commune with ours. And God, will give you the praise and the glory for all of this. Uh, you know, God, because this is the day that you have made for us to come and to rest in your arms and to worship and to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As you're being seated, uh, you know, there are, uh, you know, if you are a guest of ours, we, uh, we want to say thank you and welcome. And there's a, a little piece of paper that's in the pew that's in front of you, uh, on the back of it. So if you could get that card, just take that information, fill it out, fold it, and place it into the offering plate for us, that would be great. All right? We just appreciate that for us. And I believe we have, today is, what is today? Alabaster. I think we have a video that goes with that. In 60 years, Nazarenes around the world have been sacrificing financially to construct hospitals, schools, churches, and homes for missionaries through what is known as Alabaster Offering. But gifts to the Alabaster Offering provide much more than buildings. When you give to the Alabaster Offering, you are teaching children to read and write. You are meeting health care needs where common illnesses claim lives. You are uniting with believers of different cultures as the global church. You are housing missionaries so they can share the good news of Jesus. 
Your gift to the Alabaster Offering is a gift of hope to thousands in every corner of the world because you choose to pour out the love God has lavished on you. Good morning. So as y'all know, we on uh, Alabaster Sunday, we get out dollar bills for the children. So if you'll go ahead and get your $1 bills or $5 bills or $10 bills or $20 bills or whatever bill you want to give to the children to put in for us. We want to teach our children to, to give to missions. So they're going to come through. Um, John, will you tell them we're ready for the children? And then once the children have put their offering in, adults, please come put yours in. If you haven't, uh, didn't bring it with you this morning, you can put it in tonight. Just mark your envelope or your check as alabaster.
are more than welcome to go ahead and to bring yours up. I notice that this is the one time that we allow our children to run in the sanctuary. We'll allow the adults to run in the sanctuary if you have a large sum. <laughs> I think there's somebody in the booth that still has some. the kids are gone so it, it still have more coming. I, I think what we need to do next year is that we need to have our counters to go ahead and stand up here and be counting it as the money comes in, right? I think that would be fascinating to see if they could count it fast enough. Susan, you going to be one of the counters? No? Yeah. <laughs> Hendersonville camp, you counted last time, didn't you? Yeah, Hendersonville, you always do it. to continue to worship here this morning. Um, thank you for giving. Uh, I think that last week when you were here with Rob, uh, you, you were able to see what impact that actually makes. A lot of times we give money, we don't see the end results. Um, people like Jimmy was able to go and actually use the, the, the abilities for the money that's given to build things like that, but then to turn around and come back years later and see how much more impact that that money and that work has made over the, uh, over the course of the time. So it's a blessing uh, that, that people are able to give, so thank you so much for doing that. And we're going to give right now in our time of, of worshiping God, because worship to God isn't ours, it's His, right? We've got to give it to Him. We can't hold it in. So I do invite you to open up and sing out to him as we worship. Glory, Lord. 
see him right acts 9 3 says suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him that's what we're asking for right that light from heaven to flash around us that the spirit will come and fill this place that his glory will come and rain down on us right heaven came down and glory to fill our souls what a glorious day that will be let's sing out on that Wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I wandered in darkness away, Jesus my Savior I met. Oh, that tender, compassionate friend, with the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling he made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory 
fills our soul. It's a great feeling, right? It's a really warm, fuzzy feeling, especially when we know that God's done something really good for us. And that high, we ride that high as long as we can. But then troubles come, and then we really get to test what the Lord can do for us. We really get to test our faith for Him. And we find my at least many times throughout my life, I have failed miserably in that test. I have tried to find solutions. I've tried to find things that I know were not of God. And I've made messes of things. We talk about the Spirit coming in and glory filling our soul, but we don't trust it many times. And we're going to continue to worship, and we're going to sing about that, that we'll trust the Lord no matter what, because we have someone who is our shield, who is our strength, who is our portion, who is our deliverer, who is our shelter, who is our strong tower, and who is our very present help in our time of need. Don't forget that.
like to be able to say, no matter what it is, it is well. Am I right? That we'd like to be able to simply say, it is well. Let's transpose that kind of It is well. So sing that chorus. prison ministry and I sat back in the corner and I listened to gentlemen in prison praise God and thank God louder than what y'all have already this morning so far this morning and so I have to ask you the question uh, you know do you not feel the spirit moving in his house this morning and if you do why are you not willing to respond to that moving of the Holy Spirit and allow Him to continue to move in the lives of the people that haven't felt it so far? If we are obedient to the Spirit and we allow Him to move us, it will influence others. The deeper we grow, the wider we grow, and the more obedient we are, the more obedient the other people around will be able to be. So that's like in a basketball game. Whenever the game's really close, 
and you stand up and you start shouting and screaming, the next person to you stands up and starts shouting and screaming, right? Whenever the Holy Spirit moves in your life and you get up and you praise the Holy Spirit, the next person next to you, they say, oh man, it, the Spirit must be moving. I need to get up and do something. Come on now. Mm. I think we need to go back to that first song that we started off with because it invites us into the presence of a holy God into His sanctuary so that we worship Him. Let's not be afraid of what our neighbor's going to say. Well, heaven forbid, let's not be afraid that our muscles aren't going to allow us to stand this morning. Because in God's strength, regardless of how weak your leg muscles might be, He will hold you up. If that is what you need to do to worship and praise Him this morning. Because He is able, because He is the creator of all things. And He is the sustainer of all things. And He is right here in our presence. You notice the sun shining outside. But the Son of God is shining inside. Let's praise Him this morning. The altar is open. It's always open. But let's praise God this morning. No hold back. Let's let it go. Give Him the glory because of what He has done and because of what He's going to do. We've waited for this day. We're gathered in Your name, calling out to You. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire, burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our praise. Oh, 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 oh. Your presence in this place, your glory on our face, we're looking to the sky. Descending like a cloud, you're standing with us now. Lord, unveil our eyes. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens. We want to see you. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our praise. Show us, show us your glory, thank you, Jesus. 
yes, show Lord. Show us, us your glory, Lord. Show us Praise your power. Show us, show us your glory, over here that had cancer removed and she says now she's cancer free they got rid of all of it right we thank God we praise God Rex over there was in the hospital earlier this week and he's now sitting right here in church Angie's been dealing with her knee and her problems and health she's here we have Joanne that's back over here and she's hurting right now but she's in the presence of God Almighty Darren's here and we know that Darren's white blood cell counts elevated, so we think the cancers came back. But he's praising God. Uh, you know, God is here, and God can work. God can take the pain away from Joanne. He can heal Darren yes. again. Our God is all-powerful, and He is worthy of all the things. We need to trust Him. We need to allow Him to do the work that He really wants to do. We need to get out of the way. We need to say, okay, God, I can't do it. It's yours. You know, I was going to stand up on the pew, but my mom and dad taught me better than that. We're in the presence of God Almighty. And let's worship Him this morning. Robbie, you're going to sing that. You're going to sing that other song. You're going to go back to the original one that we had planned here. Is that right? Somebody do yes? Yeah, you can finish. Yeah. And then we're going to close with that. So whenever he gets through singing with that, if we can have the ushers to make their way forward, and we're going to t- continue in our worshiping God uh, with that. Amen.
If that doesn't give you reason to shout, that the clouds are going to roll back and we're going to be taken up, people. Listen, I've got a family that's very near and dear to me who is burying a 90-year-old grandmother today. But they're more excited about the fact that they're going to see her again in heaven than they are worried about their grief today. We get more caught up in our pain and sorrows than we deal with today and we forget about the glory to come. People, we have... We have so much to look forward to. Sorrows are going to come. Problems are going to come. Troubles are going to fight against us. But we have glory ahead of us. And if we fail to see that, we fail to truly see what God has in store for us, people. And Lord, haste the day when my face shall be sighted. When the faith that we have here is realized that we get to see the glory in its fullness in His face. If you aren't ready for that day, you'll never be ready for that day. you got to get there. 
If you're not there now, there's a problem in your relationship with God. If you're having struggles, there's a problem in your life that you haven't fully given over to God. You've got to do it. Get that faith where it should be because it's going to come where you're standing there and that faith will either see him or the lack of that faith will have you shunned from him. I don't know what you want, but I want that glory to shine upon me. I want to know that I'm walking through those gates. And I'm seeing all that he has prepared for us. He's there doing that now for us. Take advantage of the fact that he died and he gave it. He's here for us. We're going to sing that again. Please believe that verse. Trust that verse. Because it's coming. That all the sorrows will be worth it. And Lord, haste the day. When my faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a Amen, brother. He has. Yes. 
the words of that chorus really simple Jesus Jesus come and fill your lambs just sing out on that as we continue to worship Jesus oh Andrew, just wait one moment before you start, okay? I don't know where I'm going. I thought I could walk away. This morning, I, I just want to share something that's truly heavy on my heart. It's not going to be my song. It's actually going to be real-life testimonies of people and what the Lord has done for them. And it coincides with what the church should do as a church body for people who are lost and dying. Andrew, you can go ahead and start now. So I'd like you to listen to the words and to the music, and I believe you'll have it right here. Is the church a place of refuge for those who are lost and seeking to find hope and healing? Do we embrace with God's love in church in the church body? If not, the lost will stay lost, the hopeless will stay hopeless, sentencing them to eternal damnation. The biggest mistake a church can make is to become comfortable living inside Egypt. Tara's testimony is this. I didn't know anything about the Lord, although my mother put me on a church bus every Sunday. It was a way to get me out of her hair for a couple of hours. It wasn't until I was about 20. I was walking home one night from one of the bars I frequented, and a bus full of Christians asked if I needed a ride home. I agreed, and they prayed and led me to the Lord. As I yielded to him, he freed me from all drugs. I could not have quit on my own as I had tried so many times. I have been clean for six years. Praise God. I know that invitation 
by those Christians was not an accident. I thank him for their kindness. His love is so deep. Don's testimony. As a young adult, at 15 years of age, I began doing drugs, alcohol, and became pregnant. Three kids and five marriages later, after I had been beaten and raped in and out of rehab centers and three serious car accidents that should have claimed my life, God kept me. I love that. God kept me. I am so grateful to God and Jesus, my Lord, for saving me and giving me another chance at a good life with my kids. The church provided the strength we needed. As of now, I have been involved in almost in church almost two years. My children are thriving in God's house and in his world. Amen. Derek's testimony. Five years ago, our marriage was basically over. We were believers falling apart. Lust and the desires of the flesh had captivated my spouse's heart, and it seemed there was no hope of restoration. As I laid face down on the floor, sobbing and seeking direction from God, I didn't believe we would make it. I clearly remember God speaking into my heart that he is the author and finisher of my faith, and it is not over until he says it's over. Hope rose up in me, and he changed both of our hearts because we chose to seek him and to find him. And with the support of our pastor, we have a new marriage today. God's grace is void of my understanding, and it's overwhelming. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you I bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Jeremiah 17, 14 says, Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. Don't you just want to sit back and feel Jesus' heartbeat? Drink from the cup that he drank from. But you see, we can do that. That's why we're born again. That's why we're saved, to be able to do that, to be able to share it with others. So I encourage you as a church to go out, as was just said, and share it. Give it away. And this is what happens. Thank you. It's, uh, it's wonderful because what's going on and what we're, what we're experiencing today and what we have been experiencing, uh, you know, here for, uh, you know, depending on who you are and depending on who you're talking to, uh, you know, for quite a while. Uh, you know, I was, uh, we had our Tuesday morning, uh, you know, Bible study and, uh, you know, in our Tuesday morning Bible study, we went over this passage of scripture. So, I'm going to go ahead and get you to turn there. So if you can turn to Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, and we're going to be, our main focus is going to be verses 1 through 11. 
So this is Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So whenever we see this, and uh, you know, we were talking through, uh, you know, through this in our uh, you know, little group, one of the gentlemen said that, you know, that he has been feeling the Spirit of God move in the church in a mighty way for the last six months. And he has been waiting and preparing uh, you know, for this next step that we have. Uh, and uh, you know, so we look at that, and so he's got six months. There's other people that says, "Well, you know, uh, you know, I'm looking at about two and a half months, maybe three months." Uh, you know, there's different time frames as far as people in feeling the moving of the Holy Spirit. But I want us to, I want us to see something this morning, and. I'm going to get out of whack in my notes here because I think right now this is really good for us because whenever we get to this particular uh, you know, chapter in Acts chapter 1, uh, or I'm sorry, Acts chapter 5, uh, you know, we have to understand what's going on is that this is in the beginning of the church. Now, there is only one church right now. In this particular passage of Scripture, there's one church, and the apostles are the leaders of this one church, and they meet in Jerusalem. So this is where they're all at, and they're right there around here. Uh, you know, so we see this. Now, in the beginning of things, it's important that we set the foundation, right? Whenever you build a house... The first thing that you have to build is the foundation. And if the foundation is weak, then the whole house is weak. So we find here that God is building the church. He is building his plan to spread the gospel. There cannot be a weak foundation. There's another moment where God's power shows up in a key moment in Scripture, and we find this man that's in this passage of Scripture, and his name is Achan. And we have to go all the way back, if I'm not mistaken, it's back into Judges. I think, you know, that's going to be in Joshua chapter 7. And you find this, that the Israelites are now going into the promised land. So they've been wandering around for 40 years, and then God says, okay, that generation's gone. Now you're going to be able to go in and to take this land. This is the very first battle of them going into the promised land and taking it. Now we might, need to be, we might be confused because they fought a battle before they crossed over the Jordan River. Okay, so they fought this battle. And what do we have is Achan goes in and God told him, he says, do not take any of the plunder. Leave all of the wealth and stuff. Leave it there. I don't want you to touch it. Achan takes some, buries it in his tent. What does God do? Well, you might not like it. They go out into another battle and 3,000 men get killed. Oh, wait a minute, God, I thought you wanted us to take this land. I do want you to take this land, but you're only going to be able to take this land if you do it the way that I tell you to do it. You have sin in your camp. They find the sin in the camp. What happens then? Achan's killed. God kills him. 
Not only does he kill him, but he kills his wife. He kills his mother, his father, his children. His whole family is gone. Why are they gone? Because he disobeyed God. Wow, that's really harsh. I thought God is a God of love and a God of mercy. He just killed 3,000 people plus a family over a little bit of gold and silver that's been buried underneath a tent. It's the foundation of the Israelites. This is the beginning of their moving in and doing what God has called them to do. So here we are. We're at the beginning of the church, and somebody comes up, and Ananias and Sapphira, they're like, oh, wait a minute, man. We can really get, you know, people in the church would really love us if we sold our land, and we gave them the money for what we sold the land. After all, everybody else was doing it. Go back and look in verse 4, and start off there with verse 32. I'm going to read that for you. Are y'all already there at at chapter 5? So y'all were there at chapter 5. So let's look at this here. So we got here. And it says, All the believers were united in, in heart and in mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything that they had. Don't go any further. Don't go any further. I'm, gonna still, I'm, gonna, I'm leaving my notes alone. This is what we got here, okay? So this is the beginning of the church. And whenever it says that there's the beginning of the church, what does it say? It says that they were in one heart, they were united in one heart and one mind. So every one of them, every person in there had one thought and her heart was bent towards one thing. So what was it bent towards? Go to the next one there. What was it bent towards? It was bent towards the resurrection of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is everything. Everything that they did was based upon that. They were worshiping Jesus Christ as the risen Messiah and that was it. That dictated everything that they did in their life. And whenever it dictated everything that they did in their life, all of the man, all the land, the money, the food, the clothing that they had wasn't their own. They shared it with everybody. People in this church has already done that. We had testimony. Met a need of someone of a child of God, out of the love of their heart because they understand that it's God's to begin with and if it's His to begin with and He tells me I need to give it to somebody else, we better give it to somebody else. Why do we give it to somebody else? Let's go to the next one. Well, no, wait a minute. Say right there. It tells us right there. It tells us right there because whenever they were doing this, it says there at the end, God greatly blessed or his blessings were upon all of them. So if we do what God is asking us to do, then we find out that in the obedience of doing what God wants us to do, he will bless us. But not only will he bless us, but he will bless everyone. So whenever we get this and we see this, 
we get this understanding, or we should get this understanding, that as the church and as Jesus Christ's body, that we're supposed to go out to the lost, we're supposed to love everyone. We found out last week that our job and our duty within the church is to help our fellow Christians to make this walk. We are supposed to hand, hold their hands, or we're supposed to go hand in hand as we make our way to heaven. We get there because we have fellow Christians and other believers that are helping us from when we stumble. They hold our hands and they pick us up. They take their shields of faith and they stack them around us whenever our faith is weak. Whew, golly. I, uh, I figured if I took my coat off that y'all would kind of get this understanding. Uh, you know, I, I really don't want to do, I do not like, uh, you know, cheerleaders. No, wait a minute, I do like cheerleaders. I just don't like being a cheerleader. You should worship and shout and thank God because he's moved in your heart and something that was said means that, oh yes, praise the Lord for what he just did. I shouldn't have to say, praise the Lord, or come on, somebody, give me a witness. You should be able to do it on your own. Now I'm going to move in and I'm going to begin preaching again. So what we have here is that now we're looking at this and we are in the opening and the beginning of the church. And we have the people there in one heart, in one heart and they're in one mind. And because they have one heart and one mind and they're worshiping Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior only, he says that God blesses them and he blesses every one of them. And then you get in and you look, you go further down and you have this gentleman named Joseph. Now, we don't really know him as Joseph. We know him more as, Barnab as Barnabas. Barnabas shows up two other times in the New Testament. One of the key point in times that he shows up, other than this one right here, is whenever it's dealing with Paul. Because Barnabas is the one that gave the check or the seal of approval on Paul. So do you not see where we are? The beginning of the church, a man has land. He sells the land. He gives all the money to the church. He now has influence in the church. Ananias and Sapphira, they see it. They're like, whoo, man, I want some influence in this church. Let's sell this land. Let's tell them that we're going to give them all the money, but we're not really going to give them all the money. We're just going to tell them that we're going to give them all the money. Deceit. Lies. We're in the foundation of the church. God says, my church will not and cannot be formed on lies. There cannot and there will not be deceit in the house of the Lord. Amen. So we know the story. If you don't, hopefully you've already read ahead of me because you've read ahead of me. Ananias goes to Peter. Gives him the money. Peter says, Ananias, is this all the money that you got for the house? Or for the land? Oh, yeah, that's everything that we got. Ananias, are you sure? I want to give you every opportunity that I can. Is this everything that you sold? This is, is this the amount you sold the land for? Oh, yeah, giving it all. Mm. 
He says some words in here that we have to look at. He says, you have sinned against the Holy Spirit. Because of your sin of lying and deceit to the Holy Spirit, you'll die. And it says that he breathed his last. And he hit the floor. Wow. Just a little lie. It was his land. Scripture tells us he could have kept the land. He didn't have to sell it. It was his money whenever he sold the land. He didn't have to give it all. But it's whenever he deceived and he lied and he said, yeah, this is all of it. And he kept back a portion. See, God gives us every opportunity to do what is right. Every opportunity to do what's right. We look in Job chapter 1 and it says that God's up in the heavens and he is moving things around so that we will choose his path. That's like God laying out your clothes on the bed. And he says, here you go, pick whatever outfit you want to pick. But the outfit that he wants to pick is way over here on the left. But he wants you to pick that one. So he's going to make it to where if you're choosing right, that you're going to choose what he has for you. Do you not see that in your life? You know, I don't know any other way to kind of help you all with this than to, than, to, than to help me with this. Because whether or not you understand or, or not, and I don't think I truly understand, but whenever I got that phone call and they told me that my dad had cancer, my life was turned upside down. Now, yes, I, you know, I, I believe in God, and yes, I know that God has him in his hands. And yes, I praise God and I thank God because through this, my family is going to learn something. There is something that God has for them to learn. But God has things placed out in front of us for us to be able to choose. And I'm either going to choose to do what he wants me to do or I'm going to choose to do what I want to do. I will either worry about my father or I will take my father to prayer every single day and leave him in his hands. That is the choice that he gives us. All this week, man, I've been going to our clubhouse and asking them if they've had a wonderful day. I, you know, just talking to them. And, I, you know, I love those people. You know, they, they do a great job for us. But I like going in there and picking at them now. I, you know, last, you know, Friday I told them about my father. And as I'm walking out, I heard the manager. I, you know, I heard, I heard some, one of, you know, some of, them, one of the, the three ladies back there in the back go, Wow, he's that upbeat. 
And his dad has been diagnosed with cancer. I hope that she understands it's because of God and not because of me. Does that mean that I didn't have any difficulties this week? Oh, yeah. I've even made some wrong choices this week. God placed the things in front of me. And he said, John, I want you to choose this one. But for some reason, I chose this one. We talked about it last Sunday. That's this flesh that we're battling with. The flesh said, no, it's easier over here. John, just you know, pick these. It's easier. Don't pick these. The world tells us that we need to pick the clothes that's the prettiest. And that makes us look the best. God says you need to pick the clothes that's going to protect you the most. Right? Sapphira comes along. Well, we have, we have the, the men take Ananias, wrap him up in a sheet, and they take him out to bury him. Scripture says that three hours later, Ananias, or Sapphira is in there, and she's asked the same questions. Is this the amount that you sold the land for? Oh, yeah, we're giving the church all that. Yeah, we're giving them all the land. I'll give them all the money. Kind of paraphrase this for you. you, know, Paul, you know, Peter, are you sure? Just a little bit of information for you. The Hebrew meaning for Ananias or for, you know, I'll give you Ananias first. The Hebrew meaning for the name Ananias is son of graciousness. The Hebrew name for Sapphira is beauty. Therefore, you have the title today, Grace and Beauty. I imagine that Sapphira really matched her name. And she was a beautiful woman. Please don't be telling me a story. Please, please don't be lying to me. Tell me the truth. Oh yeah, this was it. The men that took your husband away and buried him has just entered in the doorway. They will take you and bury you right where your husband is. And she falls down dead. Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene has been in existence for, I think we're close to 85 years now. Close to 85 years. I believe we're at a key moment in the life of this church. We will either choose to do what God chooses or what God wants for us to do as a church, or we won't. 
We will either walk in his faith or we won't. But before we can do that, we as individuals have to understand that this story is not just about the church, but it's about my life. God gives me every opportunity to choose his way every single day. And every single day that I choose to follow him, the scripture tells us what? That he will bless us. We also see back in the first battle of the Israelites that whenever there was sin in the camp, God can not and will not bless the Israelites. 3,000 and some odd people had to die for them to figure that out. Ananias and Sapphira had to die for the church to figure out that lying and deceit wasn't going to be a part of the foundation of the church. There are people here today that are lying about who they are. That makes me quiver. Because whenever we look into this passage of Scripture, this is for the church. It said that all of them were with one heart and one mind. Ananias and Sapphira was part of that all. Ananias and Sapphira was part of that church. They had God in their hearts. They believed in him. They were doing his work. But then the scripture says that Satan entered into Ananias and he sinned against God and against the Holy Spirit. There's one other time that Satan interfered. When was that? That was whenever Judas. It says that Satan entered into Judas because, you know, because Satan knew that this had to happen. Satan entered into Ananias because to destroy the church, he knew that this had to happen. Sin had to get in the camp some way so he can destroy the plan of God. We cannot allow sin into the camp. If we do, then the blessings will go away and we will never reap the benefits of God in this church. We will never ever see this church become what God truly has for it to be. Woo! Amen! It is all by obedience. It is all by obedience. There are people today that we look at it and we say, okay, Ananias and Sapphira and the whole church knew that what they had, the property that they had, wasn't theirs. That, that, you know, we haven't even really gotten into Barnabas, have we? Do you realize that Barnabas was a Levite? Do you remember back whenever they were into the, going into the promised land and God was dividing up the promised land? Levites don't own land. So why did he have land? Where did he get the land from? Levites aren't supposed to own land. But he had it. 
God blessed him with it. Somebody gave it to him somewhere along the line. He got the land. But he knew that it still wasn't his. So he gave it to God. I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm just going to be really bold. If you're not tithing, you're robbing God. Scripture says, this is all, pick up your feet. Because Scripture says that sin can't get into heaven. So if not tithing is a sin, it's it's robbing God. And we know that robbing is a sin. So if you're robbing God, then you're not going to get into heaven. Oh, pick up your feet. Tithing, we're supposed to give the money into the house. Now, I'm not going to talk about the 10%. I'm not going to, you know, the thing is, is tithe. Yes, the scripture says give 10%, but I tell you what, if you give me, if you give the, you know, the church $2 every week and that's all you can give them, give it. Eventually, God will bless you enough and you're going to be able to give 10%, maybe even 20%. Begin to tithe. Begin to put your money into the storehouse because that's where it goes. That's where it's supposed to be in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy it because we put it in things that last forever. Can I also tell you this? Okay, if you're unhappy with the way that you think the church is spending the money, don't worry about it. It's not your money. Give it to the church. Let God deal with the people that's dealing with the money. You be obedient because if you're not obedient, you will not be blessed. You cannot be blessed. Okay, now I'm going to get off of that one there for a little bit. See, we are supposed to be in one accord, one heart, united. We're supposed to be united in dealing with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I can tell you as your pastor, I believe that the only way that we can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and believing that He is the Son of God. And I believe that there is a second work of grace that we turn over all of our lives to God and we relinquish our control of this life and He begins to control and to direct every path that we take, every step that we step. He has some type of an influence on it. I also believe that if we boil ministry down to the very basic, it's all about making connections. We connect with people. Well, first we connect to God. And then we connect with other people. And we help them to connect to God. And then we walk with them through this journey. That is Rock Hill First Church. That is our mission as it, at its basics, is that we love one another in the connections that we make and the relationships that we build so that each one of us make it to heaven. There shouldn't be any problems with it, right? I'm afraid of this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. The, you know, the Spirit's telling me to say it. So that if you do not believe that that is the right path to stand upon, 
then you are welcome to remove your name from membership of this church. Because we will stand by the word of God. And we will profess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we will make connections to bring lost people into Jesus Christ's family. That is what we're here for. And if that's not what you're here for, I'm sorry. But the thing about it is, is that we have to do it together. You know, we have to do it together. You know, I started and I, and I talked about, I, I believe that there are people here that's like Ananias and Sapphira and they're deceiving. You know, you're, you're, you're not deceiving us, you're deceiving God. Because if you're acting like a Christian here today and you're truly not and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and he hasn't forgiven you for your sins, uh, you know, it, then you need to. And if you're sitting there acting like you are, then you are deceiving God and you are lying to the Holy Spirit and you're not going to make it to heaven. And if nothing else, you're hurting this church. If you say that you're tithing, but you're really not. I just heard those words from Reverend Fight. Come on now, somebody. Uh, he's a great man. Uh, you know, come on now, somebody. You know, we we got to be talking and giving God the glory. Uh, you know, I forgot where I was. I chuckled there for a minute. I forgot where I was. Uh, you know. Deceit. Some of us sit here in this church and we profess to be Christians and we're not. <laughs> we need to get that straight. Some of us profess to have a really good marriage and we don't. We can't get help if we continue to lie about it. Because the thing about it is, is that we can lie to ourselves enough that we believe it's the truth. I'm going to quit meddling. I haven't gotten to my notes, but I've gotten to the words that God wanted me to say this morning. Hey, Robbie, if you and the praise and worship team can come up. Because I, I know that I know that I am not Peter. But as your leader, I'm standing here and I'm asking, search your heart. If there's deceit within your heart, please come to the altar and get it taken care of. If you are living a lie this morning, 
and there's a struggle that's in your life, bring it to the altar this morning. Because the only way that we can get over it is if we profess it. It's just like an alcoholic. An alcoholic cannot be a recovering alcoholic until they confess that they're an alcoholic. A drug addict cannot be a recovering drug addict until they confess that they're a drug addict. Let's stand and every head bowed and every eye closed. The Spirit of God has been here this morning and the message that was given this morning, there's people here that needed to hear the Word. I plead that you would be obedient. I plead that you will quit lying to the Holy Spirit and that you would profess your, your sins to God and ask for forgiveness. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, please, please stop sitting in the pew and lying about it. Come and ask for forgiveness of your sins. If there's deceit in your life of any kind, today's the day that it needs to stop. That we need to ask the Holy Spirit for forgiveness because we have lied to the Holy Spirit. There's those that have already made their way to the altar. Are there others? Let's be obedient this morning.
your grace is more where grace is found is where you are and where you song to rise to you when temptation comes my way when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay I don't want to keep us too much longer, but still with every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's someone that is struggling, but they don't, they can't make their way forward and you want prayer, if you would pray, if you would raise your hand, I'll pray for you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see it. Or there are others. I see that hand. See that hand. Scripture tells us that if we do not profess God in front of our neighbors, then He will not profess us in front of His Father in heaven. There are those struggles and those sins that's in our lives that People need to see that we have asked for forgiveness of those sins. 
We don't necessarily have to tell them what they are. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, dear Lord, for tonight, for today. God, I thank you for the hands that was raised. God, I pray that you would be with each one of them. God, I know their names. And God, I will lift them up throughout this week. God, I pray that your hand would be mightily upon them in their lives. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with the ones that are here at this altar. God, I thank you for their obedience and to coming to you. God, I pray, dear Lord, today, as Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene, God, that we take this next step with you, trusting in you, that we take it with one heart and one accord, believing in your blessings, looking forward to the new lives and the new things that you have for us to do for you as we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.